0: Good evening. It's good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 541 together. Page number 541 tonight is where we'll begin. He keeps me singing. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse together tonight. Page number 541. Sing it out on that first. There's within my heart a melody Jesus whispers sweet and low Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still In all of life's ebb and flow Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go All my life was wrecked by sin and strife Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. On that last verse, Soon he's coming back to welcome me Far beyond the starry sky I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown I shall reign with him on high Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every life Keeps me singing as I go, amen, great start tonight. Amen,
1: well, aren't you glad for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, what a blessing. Well, sure glad you're here uh, tonight, and it's the oasis and the desert, as we often call it, uh, where you and I can come in and get a cool drink from the, wa- uh, the Word of God, and, and just thankful for that tonight. Let's pray tonight, ask the Lord's blessing on our services I'm going to ask uh, Brother Dave Shane if you would pray for us tonight. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen, I not you be seated uh, tonight and uh, thankful we got our uh, internet fixed and so I think we've got a uh, live stream now and things like that. so that's a, a blessing and the the rain has stopped, the sun is shining again. so praise the Lord for that. Amen. I uh, did just want to uh, mention tonight, do continue to pray for Faith Baptist School. Uh, we did get started uh, this week, and tomorrow starts full days. And so uh, my daughter has already reminded my wife about making her lunch tomorrow. Amen. And, uh, but uh, it's been going uh, good and thankful uh, for that, and certainly do uh, continue to pray for that. And then, of course, this Sunday, don't forget about uh, we'll, we'll, we will be hosting missionary Jonathan Switzer Uh, to South Africa and so him and his family are going to be here with us he'll be presenting in the Sunday school hour and then preaching in the evening service so be here for that it will be a blessing uh, to you again I mentioned uh, Sunday night a second generation missionary uh, family his dad uh, went home to be with the Lord after getting malaria uh, while ministering there in South Africa and so he's uh, their family has already been there and and already had a stint there learning the language. Uh, ministering to people and giving people the gospel of christ and so they're back on furlough and so they're getting actually getting ready to head back towards the end of the month of august and so uh, excited that we could have him uh, in before they go back Uh, also ladies don't forget about the ladies meeting august the 22nd and that is uh, this coming tuesday uh, evening that'll be at seven o'clock and again ladies if you're planning to come to that it is bring soup or salad and so make sure you are aware of that, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, week from tomorrow, which is August the twenty fourth, will be the uh, parent orientation. That'll be at six thirty in the evening, over in the Fellowship Hall. And then August the twenty seventh, uh, we will be hosting Brother Dave Hardy. He'll be here preaching in the evening service, and then there'll be a linger longer uh, to follow the evening service, some fellowship, and things like that. So again, those are the things coming up here in the month of August. But again, certainly pray. Uh, For our school as it gets started uh, back. Uh, If you would tonight go ahead and take your prayer list and did want to mention some other things. Uh, Certainly do pray for our college students. Uh, Some of them are starting school locally or have started school uh, at places like Johnson County Community College. Uh, There are others uh, that are traveling and going to Oklahoma City over the weekend as Heartland Baptist Bible College Uh, get started off and so we have quite a few students that are uh, returning as well as some uh, that are starting their first uh, semester there and so pray for the families and students that will be traveling regarding uh, that. Also wanted to mention tonight Miss Jerry Crawford. Uh, Many have been praying for her. She did get to go home and so praise the Lord uh, for that but do continue to pray for her with some of the tests and things uh, like that. They did think it was a stroke, but it turned out to be a UTI. Thankful for that, but just continue to pray for them. I know that they would appreciate uh, that. If you have any prayer requests or anything like that or any updates, uh, we, we'll certainly take those at, the, at this time. I also wanted to mention some other ones as well. Miss um, uh, Georgie back there was, was mentioning her sister, Laura Stanfield. That's on the first column. Uh, that's almost down there to the bottom there uh, dealing with cancer, and they did get a report that her uh, tumors uh, have actually grown a little bit, and it, but it hasn't been a tremendous growth. But if you would, certainly pray for her. I know they're getting ready to do uh, some more radiation and stuff on her, and so pray for uh, that. Pray the radiation would just have the effect that they're wanting it uh, to have, and I know they would appreciate that. Anybody else tonight? uh, I know, did you want to mention? Okay, go ahead. Okay. 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 All right. Okay, all right. Continue to pray for uh, little Matty Owens and then Brother Roy McCray as well. Continue to pray for him with the Parkinson's and and things like that, and and I know they would appreciate that as well. Anybody else tonight have any updates or anything uh, like that, any prayer requests? Okay, Brother Don. Okay, say that again. Who? Okay, realtor uh, Jessica? Okay, and going through a, a divorce situation. Okay. Sure. All right. So let's pray for uh, pray for her and uh, that and that family as well. All right. Anybody else, Brother Parker? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's pray for uh, uh, the Parkers as they're traveling on deputation. And again, like Brother Steve said, just a long, uh, long trek going down through the Holy Land there of Florida. Amen. And uh, But no, Brother Kerry Nance and, and Southside Baptist Church has a great church. And I know they will be a blessing uh, there. And then Brother Greg Pert, I think they're going to. And I know we had him over at our house, I guess, last week. And I was giving him all these guys down through Florida and all this. And so hopefully he'll get uh, quite a bit there. And I know they were at Hastings uh last sunday and and they took them on as well and i think they're right around 30 uh, percent now and so praise the lord for that that's a blessing and so just do continue to pray for them certainly uh continue to pray for uh carpenter as well in ecuador uh and i know they've been having their camp this week and so pray for them too so anybody else tonight all right cody okay Mercy, okay, yeah, all right, so let's pray for, continue to pray for Pete and Judy Bustamani as well, okay, anybody else tonight? All right, let's go ahead and have our men come tonight, and there are uh, quite a few uh, that are on here. Uh, tonight, and uh, certainly a lot of our church folks, I think of Brother Nugent, Brother Bellis uh, with the eyes and stuff, Brother Randy Crawford with MS, as well as Miss Jerry uh, that we mentioned, Miss Carolyn Moore, and so let's pray for these uh, tonight, uh, but certainly pray for these that are lost and need to be saved. One of the ones I have highlighted on my prayer list is Eddie Kelly, a friend of um, uh, the Kennedy's that have brain cancer and trusted in Christ as a Savior. That's a blessing there. And um, I, I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I know we need to pray for the health issues and those kind of things, but let's also remember the spiritual aspect of a whole lot of situations, amen, because that's what's going to matter uh, in eternity. And so let's pray for these uh, tonight and uh, ask the Lord's blessing on our service and on our altar, or our, um, uh, our missionaries and uh, uh, our... Um, Things like that. Well, it's a privilege to call on my son uh, to pray tonight. And uh, the last hurrah, amen. And he goes to uh, Oklahoma City. So Luke Stewart, would you pray for us tonight? Amen. Amen.
0: Would you stand with me one last time tonight? Let's turn to page 634. Page 634 on Jordan's Stormy Banks. We'll sing all four verses together tonight for our last song. Page number 634. On Jordan's Stormy Banks I stand and cast a wishful eye. possessions lie, I am bound for the promised land, I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me, I am bound for the promised land. All over those wide-extended plain shines one eternal day. There God the sun forever reigns and scatters night away. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. No chill winds nor poisonous breath can reach that healthful shore. Sickness and sorrow, pain and death are felt and fear no more. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with I am bound for the promised land When shall I reach that happy place And be forever blessed When shall I see my Father's face And in His bosom rest I am bound for the promised land I am bound for the promised land Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. Amen. If you're bound for the promised land, say amen tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and take our Bibles, get ready for the message tonight.
1: Please remain standing. Well, it's a blessing. Last week we uh, started the uh, pastoral epistles on Wednesday night. And of course, if you don't know anything about that, it's uh, made up of First and Second Timothy and Titus. And so, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to First Timothy, uh, chapter number one tonight. First Timothy in chapter uh, number one. Now we understand tonight uh, as you go through the scriptures, Paul trained other men, men like Gaius and Tychicus, I. I think of the husband-wife team that were very special to the Apostle Paul, uh, Aquila and Priscilla. But these are the three letters that God preserved for us, which I would say to you tonight, and I mentioned this last week, they give us the foundation for, for church polity. And if you don't know what that means, that's the idea of how, how a church governs itself, how, how it handles its business. And I'm glad tonight that we have the Bible that helps us with those things. Gives us things like the qualifications of a bishop. So that just means not anybody can pastor one of the Lord's churches. There are qualifications in there that, that need to be met. There are other things, how we deal with widows in the church, those, those kind of things. So there's a whole list of things that we're going to deal with, but not tonight, all right? Just some things tonight. In fact, we really, we begin to see something unfold in our text tonight. And so verse number 1 tonight we'll begin. We looked really at verses 1 and 2 last week. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope unto Timothy, and he says this, mine own son in the faith. And we look specifically at that phrase there because really this shows us the importance of investing in one another. what Paul would do to Timothy as his own son in the faith. And he begins to say grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. But then notice verse number 3 because this gives us really the primary purpose and intention of the letter. He says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So notice he goes on and says, Neither give heed un- to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in the faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity. Out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith Unfeigned. I like all of that right there. Then it goes on and says, From which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. For the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy, profane, for murderers of fathers and murder, murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And so what I think he's saying right here is this. The, the word of God and the law, it's made for Americans. Because that describes our culture right now. Alright? They need the Word of God. But then he goes on and says, And if there be any other thing that is contrary, and I love this right here, to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. In fact, he goes on and says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So what I would say to you is this, is that in verse 3 we see the primary purpose of the letter. Timothy was left at the church at Ephesus. But, but then in verse 10, here's why. It is to establish sound doctrine in the church at Ephesus. Now, 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 so here's the message tonight. This is what I would say to you. I believe Paul's expressing this, the need for sound doctrine. The need for sound doctrine. See, see just as sound doctrine was important for the church at Ephesus, I would say to you tonight, It's important for Faith Baptist Church. It's important for Faith Baptist Church. And I said this last week, and I'm going to tell you this tonight. Sound doctrine means healthy doctrine. That's literally what it means. And if we want to be be a healthy people individually and a healthy church corporately, then here's the thing tonight. We need sound doctrine. We need sound doctrine. Listen to this. We need sound preaching and teaching from the Word of God. But it also has to be received and lived out in your life and in mine. Otherwise, it really does no good to have a bunch of preaching if we're not going to believe it and live it in our own personal lives. Listen, you understand tonight, the church is not the building, it's the people within it. And so we've got to have this tonight. Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? <laughs> And obviously, I'm I'm not the greatest example of this illustration that I'm about uh, to give you, uh, and I'll just give you the a testimony. Natalie and I went uh, Monday and and to try to find me some some dress shirts, and everything right now, everything that's on the market right now is slim fit. And this was the question that I continually asked Natalie yesterday or Monday: Where is the chubby fit? I mean, that's, that's, that's what they need on the market right now. I'm telling you, they'd sell a lot of them. But, but I do know this from my personal history of diet and exercise. I have done that once or twice in my life. But, but also even from the testimonies of others, and I think we would all agree tonight, it matters what you, what you put in your body physically. It matters. It, it will determine your overall physical health. If you eat junk food and and unhealthy food, like I'm about to do after the service tonight, all right, you will not feel the greatest, nor will you be able to physically handle any or much exertion. But but I also would say to you this: the opposite could be said when you eat healthy. I, well, we were having uh, brunch with a, a pastor and his wife, uh, a pastor friend and his wife, just about a week ago, and he was talking to me about. He had lost uh, 17 pounds just by simply having better uh, eating habits, eating healthier, and eating smaller portions. And he literally said this to me: "He said, I feel the be- I have I feel the best I have felt in a long time.' I, I also know this, and-, and I've done this myself: that when you're not uh, when you're not eating enough, you're not taking in enough calories, and 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 you begin to physically exult uh, uh, exert yourself." You will struggle, meaning this, you will feel weak and faint. Now, now, here's, now here's what I'm trying to get across to you, though, tonight, and just to kind of illustrate to you. When you study the Bible, all right, the church is likened unto three things. It is a building, and Jesus Christ is the foundation. It is a bride, and Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. But it is also a body, and Jesus Christ is to be the head of the church. And so you understand what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that just as nutrition affects the physical body, spiritual nutrition affects the spiritual body. All right? It affects the church. In other words, what you take in as doctrine, it affects the overall health of the church body. Yeah, yeah, listen, when, 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 it is, when it is the junk food of carnal entertainment, which is what a lot of churches are doing in our day and time, it creates unhealthy believers in an unhealthy church. And and, and what happens is this, is then some trial or tribulation comes along, and the believer is forced to exercise their faith, and, and because it is not grounded and rooted in Christ and His Word, they begin to fold up and quit. Well, why? Because they are not unhealthy believers. And by the way, when it is anemic and foolishness and the people haven't been fed properly, the same thing happens. And here's why. Because people don't have anything to stand on. And they're unhealthy. In fact, I would say this. Sometimes it's that people are this way. And it's not because they haven't been fed. It's just simply because they came to the table but refused to eat. They come. You understand? They come to the table, the house of God, but they never put, they never put the Word of God in their personal life. I keep thinking about that passage, and I believe it's in Ezekiel, where, where he begins to talk about how the man of God, he piped and made a wonderful sound. And it was pleasant unto the people, but that is as far as it went. But here's what I'm trying to get across to you tonight. This is why young Timothy is left at Ephesus there in verse number 3, the church at Ephesus to establish sound doctrine. Because sound doctrine is healthy doctrine, and healthy doctrine creates healthy believers in an overall healthy church that listen you you understand there's a reason why you can walk into a church and sense that the people are on fire for god there there's a joyous spirit among them there's liberty to preach there there are amens being said by the people there is a response at the altar there is a sensing of the presence and the power of god why why is that that you can experience those things in some places, but not in others. Well, I want to testify to you tonight that those things don't happen by accident. It happens with sound doctrine. It happens because a man of God gets in the Word of God and in prayer with God and comes in and preaches the Word of God, but it's also because the people are saying, we want the Word of God. And they begin to put it to practice in their life. And they begin to live it out. And so as the man of God is growing spiritually, the people are growing spiritually. And it produces a sound, healthy people and church. And so you understand, Paul realizing that and certainly recognizing that and seeing evidence of that would no doubt want this to continue to to grow and abound, as he often said, in the church at Ephesus. I, listen I don't have time tonight. To go all the way back through the scriptures. And explain that the special place that the church at Ephesus had. In the apostle Paul's heart. But no doubt this was the intention here. We can see that uh, from verse number 3. Where he says as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. When I went into Macedonia. That thou mightest charge some. That they teach no other doctrine." Take a stand against false doctrine, Timothy. Give them sound doctrine. Help them to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. You need to listen to this tonight. I have this in big bold letters in my notes. Make no mistake, doctrine determines direction. We'll say that again tonight. Doctrine determines direction. It does. What you believe, friend, and why you believe it, it's going to determine the decision making and the direction that you go in your life. And that's not just individually, that's corporately too as a church body. You go back, You listen, the church at Ephesus is a tremendous example of this. And you go back to Acts chapter 19, and, and again, we don't have time for, for, you know, tonight to go back and look at all of this, but I'm going to tell you something tonight. This church had a tremendous start. And You go back to verse, uh, Acts chapter 19 and verse 17, it talks about how, that, that among this church, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ was magnified? That's a good start right there. You start magnifying the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, that's, that's when God wants to put His hand on it. But here's the thing, it wasn't just lip service. I said it wasn't just lip service. No, friend, these people begin to bring their witchcraft, their curious arts, their books... Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about good books or anything. I'm talking about witchcraft books. I'm talking about devilish and demonic things. And they burned them. They said, man, we don't, listen, we don't want to sell this at the flea market and we don't go, want it going to somebody else. We don't want anybody having it. We shouldn't have it. Let's burn this stuff up. Well, why? So that, in fact, it says in the next verse, after that happened, here's what it says. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Yeah, understand. You understand? They put the junk out of their life and put the Bible into their life, and I'm telling you, this church would take off like a rocket. You read the book of Ephesians that was uh, the book of Ephesians that was written to this church. We just finished preaching through this book, and over and over and over again, I kept explaining how it is packed with doctrine. I kept talking about how it's rich in doctrine, like like cheesecake from the cheesecake factory. Amen. man, the, the, the red velvet, white chocolate, mm, I'm hungry, man, I'm telling you, I'm hungry. It's like drinking, it was like drinking water from a fire hose. I mean, man, it would just overwhelm you with the depth and the richness of the doctrine. Now, let me, let me, just, let me explain this to you. Do you know why that book is so separated from the other books as to its richness and doctrine? Here's why, because it can handle it. The church could handle it. The people could handle it. They were hungry for the Word of God and so God gave them some rich and deep doctrine from His Word. And then you get to Revelation, my friend, and it's one of the seven churches in Asia Minor that the Lord Jesus Christ Himself would address. Be a fact, it is believed that the other churches in Asia Minor, they were started out of this church in Ephesus. And and here's what Jesus said to them. Now, if anybody knows what's going on in the church, Jesus does. Here's what he says. In Revelation 2 and 3, he says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. And, and then he goes on and says, This, and how thou canst bear them which are evil. Well, oh, I like that. Probably they probably made people use the right bathroom. They don't, they, don't, they don't like them which are evil. Uh, they can't bear Listen, they stand against it. Uh, let, watch this. It says this, And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles. You know what that means? That means this. They went in the Word of God and saw the qualifications of an apostle and said, He's not one. <laughs> you understand, people claiming to be an apostle, that's not just something that started in our day. They were doing it back then. And they found, listen, and it says this, he says and, and he, he says and thou tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars and he goes on and says and has born and has patience and for my name's sake has labored he mentions all of that again almost like they probably had some building projects going on and he goes on and says this and hast not fainted now now now, now come on friend I, I know I realize that as you're going to read on, the Lord Jesus is going to rebuke them for having left their first love. That's Him. That's who He's talking about. That they had, they had drifted from Him in their fellowship with Him. But at the same time, I want to say this: there was much good to say about this church. They're laboring for the Lord. They're standing against false doctrine. Their faithfulness. Why? 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 Why is it? Well, because men like Timothy were left there to establish sound. Doctrine. And sound doctrine is healthy doctrine. And healthy doctrine leads to a healthy church. You, you understand? That's why, that's why it's important for Faith Baptist Church to have healthy doctrine. It's why, It's why, please listen to this, it's why we're not going to lick our finger and stick it up in the air and see which way the doctrinal winds are blowing and go along with it. We're not going to do that, friend. We're not going to wait for something, what what else is new coming down the ecumenical pipeline and dive all in for it. No, friend, that leads to chaos and confusion which many are following after. What I'm saying to you tonight is this, rather we need to be grounded in the Word of God and to know what you believe and why you believe it. That is what leads to healthy Christians. That is what leads to a healthy church. And I'm telling, listen, I don't, let let me just, mm, I'm telling you, man. I don't want to see Faith Baptist Church. I don't want to see people leave Faith Baptist Church uh, and go off looking for some nonsense in this world. I don't want to see people give up on the things of God in Faith Baptist Church. I don't want to see inner turmoil going on in Faith Baptist Church and the Hatfields and McCoys and the fighting and all of that. I don't want to see any of those things. You know what I want to see? I want to see people growing in their faith. Amen. I want to see people learning to walk with God and getting on fire for God. Is anybody getting this? I want to see people witnessing and winning their neighbors to Jesus Christ. I want to see, I want to see Faith Baptist Church continuing to be faithful and standing on the Word of God and, and seeing young men called to preach and trained up and sent out Amen. and churches being planted. Amen. That's what I want to see. Do you want to see that? Is that what you want to see? Because if if so, then that means this, that, well, we're going to have to get some healthy doctrine. And, and, oh, no, 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 no. It's not just the pastor that needs to have healthy doctrine. Well, preacher, I mean, this is 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, and Paul's the apostle, Timothy's training for the ministry. So this is all about preachers and ministry. This has nothing to do with us as a church. Oh, yes, it does. It very much so does. Verse number 3 lays it out. He left him at Ephesus to establish sound doctrine. That means this, that everything that's going to follow up in this letter, it ain't got to just do with Timothy. It's got to do with the Lord's churches. And it's going to help us in how we govern ourselves and our polity and all of that stuff. But I'm telling you, it all begins with this, our understanding that, you know what we need? We need sound doctrine. And so what Paul begins to do down through here is he begins to contrast he begins to contrast sound doctrine and unsound doctrine and even begins to lay out their consequences and what, what happens when you follow sound doctrine and what happens when you follow unsound doctrine. In fact, look, look down at these things here. Let me, let, me, let me just give you some of these things. Look at verse number 4. So we just laid it out there in verse number 3. Timothy is now at Ephesus and he's there to teach no other doctrine, all right, but that which is of Paul, and according to verse number one, Paul is of Christ, right? Is an apostle by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ got a first hand account right there. So so notice what he says in verse number four. He says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions. But watch this right here. He says, Rather than godly edifying, which is in, and what's that word right there? Faith. Faith. So do. All right, look at verse number 5. He says, now the end of the commandment. Do you see that word? Commandment. Right there. All right, and then look down at verse number 7. He says, desiring to be teachers of the, and what's that word right there? So, okay, so you've got faith, and you've got commandment, and you've got law. Watch this. Every one of those speak to the Word of God wait a minute that says faith yeah what do you think our faith is source it's not just talking about the emotional grid in your soul faith it's talking about faith like our, our system of doctrine what we believe so it's all listen every one of these speak to the word of god and of course he uses things like the commandment and in law but you've got to remember that the new testament hasn't been canonized and completed at this time. But they did have the Old Testament Scriptures. And the point is our view of Scripture determines whether or not we have sound doctrine. Our view of Scripture determines whether or not we have sound doctrine. There are two things. There are two things that we are clear on, that we, we must be clear on tonight. Now, Now, let me say this. L- listen, we're clear on this as a church body, corporately. It's in our bylaws. All right, it's in our bylaws, these things I'm about to give you. But you've got to listen to this and you've got to understand this individually. There are two things that you and I have got to be clear on. One, one is this. The Bible alone, specifically the New Testament, is to be our authority for faith and practice. I said it is to be our authority for faith and practice. Alright, so that means corporately as a church, we have to go back to the Bible and discern and determine why we do the things that we do. Our music, our preaching, our our days in which we have church, which would be Sunday, the first day of the week when the apostles and the church met. We're not Seventh-day Adventists. We're Bible-believing Baptists. You understand, everything that we do, speaking to ourselves in hymns and songs, In spiritual songs, making melody unto the Lord. Everything that we do goes back to the Word of God. Everything that we do. Everything. Now, now watch this. That's because the Word of God is our authority as a church. Please catch this. Please listen to this. But is it your authority in your personal life? Oh, well, sure, preacher. Really? Because are you making decisions in your personal life based on that? Or are you just kind of doing what you want to do and being flipping about things? See? But secondly, since, since, we're, since we're on this, secondly, since we are an English-speaking people, and there are now multiple English versions of the Bible, we must also be clear that we stand on the foundation Of the authorized King James Version of the Bible. And that we believe it is the preserved Word of God for the English speaking people. And please understand this tonight. Please please get this. We don't do this because, well, that's just what we've always done. In fact, if you know me, usually I want to go, when you say something like that. Because here's the thing. That's not a reason to do things. We, we don't do it because that's what we've always done. We stand on this because, because of over 5,000 Greek manuscripts that have pre- been preserved down through the ages from which the authorized King James Version was translated from. This is the only Bible that was translated from that lineage of manuscripts. All other English versions were translated from corrupt manuscripts like the Westcott and Hort, which were faulty manuscripts. That includes the New King James Version of the Bible. It includes it. Now, now I could sit here tonight and give you multiple reasons as to why, but that is the primary one, and I feel like that's the one that, has the, that bears the most weight. But the idea is to get us to understand tonight, not just corporately, but individually, that the Word of God has been preserved down through the ages according to the promise of the word of God, or promise of the Bible, and a promise of God. And this English version, the authorized King James Version, was translated from that lineage of manuscripts. And here's the reality. Anything outside of those two things can and will lead you into sound doctrine, or unsound doctrine. Let me say that again. Anything, any view outside of those two things, meaning this, that the word of God is our authority for faith and practice, and that word of God is English speaking people is the authorized King James Version of the Bible, anything outside of those two things will lead you into unsound doctrine. It's just a simple truth. History, history bears out that fact. It does. You can't look back over anybody that changed on those two views and go, oh yeah, they, they're still doing okay, they're, they're sound. Because once you leave those two things, I'm telling you, the, you, you have now opened the gate for anything. And though, though over the next five to ten years, you may only move a little bit, by the time 20, 25, 50 years rolls around, you're way over here. Say. Way, way over here. It's a simple truth. History bears it out. So understanding those two truths, let me give you the causes of unsound doctrine. And and I think the first one would obviously be this, the the exaltation of something else over the authority of the Word of God. That that would lead us to to unsound uh, doctrine. And, and, And you and I can see this in examples today with mainstream religions and and denominations. And I'm I'm not here tonight to try to start a a religious war or any of those kind of things or to make people mad. I'm just simply giving you the basis of history and reality. Catholicism says that the writings of their church fathers supersedes the Word of God. Now, Now, they won't say that out loud, But they've sure demonstrated that. In fact, you can read the Trail of Blood we've been going through in our Sunday school class. And it shows you that they had meetings and councils over and over again down through history where they created doctrine that was apart from and even contrary to the Word of God. And now, as they've had in history and they look back, they they will say, well, well, yep, sure, the Bible says this, but... Well, there is no but if the Bible said it. Wait wait a minute. You've got Jesus Christ, who's the Son of God. You're going to argue with Him? Well, you know, He wasn't quite right on that. And then you've got the apostles. Though they are dead, they still speaketh, right? Who had a first-hand account of Jesus Christ. And we have their writings. Well, you know, yeah, but. And see, now... Now you've got people praying to Mary. Hail Mary full of grace. Mother of God. It's baloney. Mary was a sinner that needed to be saved just like anybody else. Absolutely. Was she a godly woman? Absolutely. Did God use her and Joseph to bring in the Son of God? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Man, read read the Gospel of Luke in chapter number 1 and and 2 and compare the faith of of Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. With, with, with Mary, the mother, the, the, the mother that, that is going to be the mother of Jesus. Compare their faith. Zechariah couldn't speak till his son was born because he didn't believe. Mary said, whatever you want, Lord. Awesome. Testimony. Godly woman. No doubt about it. But she's not a mediator between man and God. There's only one mediator between man and God. And that's the man Christ Jesus. Seems like that's mentioned somewhere. Second Timothy, or I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And you got people banking on a confession or a confirmation or some sprinkling when they got when they were a baby that's going to give them eternal life. When I'm sorry, but Jesus Christ, who is your mediator, said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. In fact, you've got... Well, let's move on before we get to, you know, start a war. But if we're going to make one group mad, we might as well make them all mad. Because the Jehovah Witnesses have their Watchtower magazine. And a corrupt version of the Scriptures. The Mormons have the Book of Mormon, which is another New Testament... When it's it's just, you know, I, I just happen to remember at the end of Revelation. When he says something along the lines of whosoever shall take away or add to this book. And even the, no, no. Let's go ahead and make them all mad now we're in. Because even the charismatics today will bank on their experiences. And let that supersede the word of God. And you try to give them the Bible and say, here's what the Bible says. And they'll say this, well, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I experience. I had a lady tell me one time, and I've told this story before, but she asked, she said, do y'all believe, do y'all believe their family visited the church, their uh, husband and wife. And she said, do y'all believe in eternal security? And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, here's why, because that's what the Bible says. Amen. I said, you got your Bible right there? And she said, I do, but I ain't worried about it. I'm going to go ask my grandma. She speaks in tongues. She'll know. And I, this is literally what I said to her. I said, okay, well, when you want to know what God says about it, one, one, when you want to know what God has to say about it, let me know. I'll be here with my Bible on my desk. Amen. Well, you know, Grandma, she spoke it. Well, listen, that ain't even the tongues of the Bible. Go look at Acts chapter 2. Every man heard the gospel in their own tongue, their own language. They just spoke a different language. There's probably some people from Italy there. Bon Came across in their gondolas. I know how to say it. I'm, just, I'm going to embarrass my wife when we get over there. But you understand what Paul is laying out here is the same principle. Exalting something over the Word of God. Look at what he says in verse number 4. He says, neither give heed to this. Here's what it is. Fables. You want to know what fables are? Fables are outright lies. They're made up stories, tall tales and myths. These are Satan's attempt to destroy the credibility of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross and also the witness of his, God, of his apostles in the word of God. You know, you, remember, you, you understand why Matthew and Luke and so many of the other gospel writers, they made sure to, 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 very, to very delicately record the tomb and how it was sealed and how no man could open it and how they took the body and all of those things. They, record all of, all, they recorded all of that stuff. You know Why? Because all the soldiers, after it was all said and done, and they woke up. When the angels showed up, and they went, ah, passed out. They woke up, they all went back, and the Jews said, let's all say, the apostles stole their body, the disciples stole their body. Fables. And, and this is what I think is amazing about the grace of God. And you may not agree with this, but I'm telling you, the fact that God allowed them to be martyrs for their faith speaks volumes on their testimony. That that grave, that tomb was empty because Jesus truly rose from the dead and they gave their lives for that gospel truth. Chew on that one. Now let me, let me have you this. That's not the only fables. We got them in our day. I remember several years ago a book coming out called The Da Vinci Code and they made a movie about it. And it alleged this. It alleged that, that Christ and Mary Magdalene were married and had a child. You know what that's called? That's called a fable. That is a bold-faced lie. That is ungodly and wicked, but I'm telling you, that's what the devil wants to do because it would destroy the testimony of Christ, make him out to be an ordinary man who died on the cross and couldn't save us and redeem us for our sins. But I'm glad, listen, I'm glad he was sinless and spotless, went to the cross, shed his blood, and rose again the third day to prove that he is the Son of God. So ungodly. Look at verse number 4, though, because he goes on and says this, Fables, but there's also endless genealogies. Now, we would understand that would be very big among the Jews. Genealogies were used to establish an individual as an Israelite. However, all of this was done away with Jesus Christ comes on the scene. Everybody now is on the same level playing ground. Jews or Gentiles, you know why? Why? Because we're all sinners. And, and here's the thing. And when you get saved, even as a Gentile, when you get saved, here's what he says in Romans, you get grafted in. You get grafted into the true vine of Jesus Christ. So their lineage becomes your lineage. So what difference does it make? But you understand, all of this represents Satan's attempt to distract God's people and even the lost with meaningless things. ever studied the numbers in the Bible, pastor? And don't you understand you got this number over here and it matches up with this number over here and it just and you want to go who cares? (laughs) Now I I get the number one means something. God is one. He's complete. I get all that. The number number of man is six and the number of seven is complete. I get all of that. But when you start chasing off on rabbit's trails and nonsense and foolishness and Well, some guy wrote this article on the Internet. Yeah, because everything on the Internet is true. What difference does it make when you're chasing after all that nonsense? And you got people that are lost and dying and going to hell. you got people that don't even know they need to follow the Lord in baptism and and get in one of His churches and serve Him and live for Him. It's nonsense. Genealogies, fables. Here's the next one. Oh, this is good right here. Look, look at, he goes on and says this. He, he, said, he goes down, look at verse number 6. He says, from which, have, which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. That's my favorite one right there. Because that's just cool to say. I mean, you can walk around all the time and go vain jangling. You know what this is? this is? This means this, babbling. And I so want to go off on a political rant right now. But I've got to be honest with you. I'm not even going to say it. Because really it's heartbreaking to watch somebody that gets up and talks and doesn't even know what he's saying when he needs to be in a nursing home and getting the care that he needs than to be forced into trying to lead the free world. That's heartbreaking really to watch. But vain jangling means babbling, and listen to this: it's it is it's the endless and meaningless talk of intellectuals. Now, let me—we do hear that a lot today on politics, trying to explain their wickedness and stupidity and their thinking that doesn't even make sense. How are you going to explain there's some kind of like forty-something genders or 60-something? That doesn't even make sense. That is absolutely ludicrous. But if it is, well, you know, you got to go over, it's, it's, you know what that's called? You know, they start intellectualism and all this stuff and start talking about how they define their terms and all this stuff. You know what that's called? Bane jangling. It's vein jangling. And you see it in the news media and social media. But even in religion, there's things like modern day Gnosticism, Colossians deals with a bunch of it, Calvinism. All of it is based on, it is an exaltation based on intellectualism. Claiming, and I've heard guys say this in our day and time, well, you know, I'm just searching for the truth. And I'm thinking, if you have Jesus Christ, He is the truth. Why are you searching for it? Why don't you just get in this book and believe it? Instead of intellectually trying to explain it away. It is utter nonsense. And it leads to unsound doctrine. Now here's the second thing. If it's not exalting something over the authority of the word of God. It's deceptively trying to destroy the word of God. And this can happen through at least two avenues. One of those is this. By forsaking the authorized version for another English version of the Scriptures, and the truth of the matter is, it is deceptive because people are saying, "Well, I'm still on the foundation; the Word of God's still my foundation." Well, the problem is, you just changed the foundation, yeah, right. and the reality is, you got a whole lot of cracks. Yeah, right. Do you know this? Mo- mo- many of the popular perversions of the Bible today on the English on the on the Eng- in the English market, such as the NIV. They have deleted entire verses and paragraphs of Scripture. Not to mention words like, biblical words such as repentance, hell, Calvary, blood. And again, that includes the New King James Version, New King James as well. They're even, they, and, and listen, and I'm not even talking about the corrupt versions that they're coming out with today. That, that, that remove things like dealing with the sin of homosexuality, gender free. Well, He created them. That's it, I guess. I don't know. What it, he created they, them. I don't... Male and female. It's, you understand? It's, listen, that's ungodly, and that's an ungodly way of thinking, please, because please listen to this. When you start making changes to the Word of God, the reality is you're saying this, I'm the one in authority, not the Word of God. That's right. The Word of God was never meant for you to take and change to adapt to your culture. It was meant to change you. But you know, most people don't even know that. I visited with a couple one time and sat down. They said, we wanted to know why you used the King James Version of the Bible. We have an NIV, and that's the same thing. And I said, well, take your Bible right there and turn to Acts chapter 8 and verse 37. And she took her Bible and turned it to Acts chapter 8 and read, and it goes verse 36, and then it skips to verse 38. And she looked up at me and she goes, it's not in there. I said, yeah, it's not in there. I said, and there's a whole lot of other things missing as well. And I said, look at the scene. It's the Ethiopian eunuch. And it's when the Ethiopian eunuch professes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, don't you think that's important? Yes, sir, I do. I said, yeah, it's left out. It's not in there. wonder what that does to their confidence in their Bible. Whoa. I thought it was supposed to be perfect inerrant because our God is perfect and inerrant yeah. hello and all of a sudden to find out his word is not but listen I'm just telling you this you understand as an English speaking people and the work that God did and the people that gave their lives so that you and I could have this book right here you need to understand this you need to grab a hold of this now. you don't get anything else you need to get this this is the standard by which we're going to be judged by and You can change it down here, but he ain't changing it up there. He's not doing things away with his word. I'm just mercy, I'm telling you tonight. Now let me help you the next thing here. Let's move along. Look at verse number 8. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners. You know, the law is our schoolmaster, isn't it? Right? That's what he's trying to explain there. But here's watch watch what he says in verse number 8. Watch what he says right there. And I don't want to read all this again. Look at verse number 8. He says, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Listen to this. You can get unsound doctrine real quick when you misinterpret the Word of God. And that's what Paul's pointing out right there. You can have an authorized King James Version of the Bible, but if you misinterpret it, you're in a whole lot of trouble. You understand? That's why Paul would tell Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15. Many of you know this verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Listen to this. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. You know what rightly dividing means? It means this, to dissect the Word of God and interpret it correctly. Do you know how you do that? You do that by taking the Word of God in its literal, historical context every time. Otherwise, you're going to end up in unsound doctrine. I love what somebody said, and we read this in our, uh, our ABCs of Christian Growth and Sunday School. When plain sense makes common sense, seek no other sense, lest it all becomes nonsense. Isn't that good? And Peter said this in Second Timothy 1.20. He said, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Do you know what that means? That means this. That nobody, none of us have the business, we have no business, taking a verse and pulling it out of its context, And using it to push the agenda we want. It's not what it's meant for. It's to be taken in its literal, historical context, friend. A verse, listen, a verse may have many applications, but it only has one interpretation. And the Bible says what it means and means what it says, and anything apart from that, and you will end up in sound doctrine. So he's laid it out. This is everything that causes unsound doctrine. Okay, so preacher, what causes sound doctrine? All of this stuff causes unsound doctrine. So what causes unsound or what causes sound doctrine? Well well, well, well well, couldn't we say this? Why don't we just avoid all that? I mean, I'm not a deep guy. But it just seems to make sense to me. I mean, couldn't we just, couldn't we just avoid all those pitfalls? Couldn't we just say this? You know what? Let's just stay with the Authorized King James Version of the Bible, since we're English-speaking people. It was written at the height of the English language. It ain't getting no better. Pun intended. Couldn't we just say that? No, no. Couldn't we also say this? That's what got us here. That's what God blesses. That's what God has blessed. And it's so, so, well, you know, it's so hard to understand. Really? I don't think it's hard at all. I like bane jangling. Here, here's another one. Why don't we avoid allowing anything to supersede it? The fables, the foolishness of man's lies, the intellectualism, any of the markets, the foolish uh, books that flood the American market today to make a buck. Even our own experiences or our own lusts and desires. Um, Here's another one. Always interpret the scriptures in its literal historical context. When you do these things, you will quickly find yourself knowing what you believe and why you believe it and becoming a healthy Christian. I'm almost done. You alright? Stay with me. Because here's the consequences, and this is why this is so important. And I'm not going to spend a long time here. Unsound doctrine leads to unhealthy believers. It's just a simple truth. Look at what he says in verse 4. He says, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. And here's the result. Which minister questions. Rather than godly edifying in the faith. Folks, you, listen, I don't want a life filled with doubt, uncertainty, fear. I don't, listen, no, 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 no. I don't want to go through this life and, and not understanding what God requires of me. And I don't think God meant for us to go through that. That's why He gave us the Bible. I don't want to, I don't want to struggle. With, I don't want to be on unstable ground in my life and, and lacking peace. And look look at verse number 6. He says, he says, from which some, having swerved, having turned aside into vain jangling, desiring to be the teacher of the law, understanding neither what they say, nor whereof they affirm. Vain jangling leads one, leads one away from following Christ's spiritual growth. Instead, it feeds the pride as it chases after useless knowledge. And in the end, you're the fool when you stand before God. I don't want any of that. You know what I want? I want what he said in verse number 5. Now the end of the commandment is this. Look at this. I want charity out of a pure heart. You understand it's sacrificial love that results from a believer having healthy and spiritual maturity. It's service towards others out of a pure heart. Meaning this. There's no ulterior motive here. You're not looking for a reward back. You just want to serve others because you love the Lord and you love them. You're going beyond yourself and having powerful influence and impact on others around you. When all of this unsound garbage today is about self, 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 self. self. Oh, here's another good one. Here's Here's another good one. He says, charity out of a pure heart. Listen to this. And of a good conscience. Oh, I like that one. When you have sound doctrine, you have a good understanding of what pleases God and what doesn't please God. And as you do those things that please God, you will also have great peace with God. I don't know about you, but I like laying down my head down on my pillow at night, having a clear conscience. Look at verse or, or look at the next thing here. He says this. He says. He says, charity out of a pure heart in verse 5 and a good conscience. And then lastly, he says this of unfeigned faith. Unfeigned means this, not fake. It means when you have sound doctrine, you have something that's real. You have real faith. You have a real walk with God. Am I getting this? It's real. And then when something comes along that tries to shake you and move you. Trial, tribulation, tragedy, whatever it is. Nope. I got a firm foundation. And I don't have to be moved. Again, I I know, look, corporately speaking, this is the kind of stuff that's in our Bible. This is what we believe as a church body. There's no if, then. look, you're not going to come to me tonight after the service and go, you know, I'd like to really debate this with you. They're not up for debate. Don't waste my time. I'm going home and eating chili. It's not up for debate. I'm not having that discussion. This is what we believe as a church. This is what is going to be preached at this church. Until the Lord comes for us or calls me home. That's what's going to be preached. But it doesn't make a hill of beans. If you sit there tonight and go, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And that sounded really good, preacher, but, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Well, let me help you with this. You're going to be unhealthy spiritually. And you're going to struggle spiritually. And you're going to make foolish decisions and suffer the consequences. And you know why? Because you refuse to take in sound doctrine. That's why. So what about you tonight? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm tired of playing. I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of seeing people play church. This is real. And you're going to have to decide whether I'm going to take it in and I'm going to actually live it and believe it and do it or if it's just going to be lip service and playing games with God. Because I sure don't want to see you get to that place where you suffer the consequences of an unhealthy spiritual life because you wouldn't listen and believe and let it change you. Let's all stand for